Welcome to the Priestess Mercury podcast. This is our second episode. I'm Matt Treese with In Transit Astrology. And with me, as always, is Michelle Bloom. Uh, Michelle, you want to say hi? Hello. Welcome to number two. Uh, yeah. So today, you know, we're just going to kind of pick up uh, with where things are at. Last uh, episode, we talked about the uh, lunar eclipse uh, that happened in, uh, in Gemini. Uh, and today we'll probably start off talking about the upcoming solar eclipse and uh, keeping in mind that these things happen in pairs uh, twice a year. You tend to have a lunar and solar eclipse that come together. Um, and, a, and a good way to think about the eclipses that come in pairs twice a year is like, it's like a deep cleaning for your, for your psyche, for your soul. It's like spring cleaning and fall cleaning, you know? So, and the lunar is like, they're both, they both kind of, you know how normally with the full moon, it's all about letting go full moon to new moon and new moon to full moon. The waxing is normally about planting seeds and initiating and activating. But when the eclipses get involved, cause they're always connected lunar to the full moon eclipse and solar eclipse to the new moon. Um, it kind of makes them both the full moon and the new moon is cleansing as, as, releasing, cleansing, and letting go as it is initiating, activating, and starting anew. Yeah. I mean, you, you get them in a kind of, uh, you, you get a, like a six month kind of letting go of the last six months and moving into the next six months. Uh, that there's a chance to uh, kind of start a new story um, to see what that new story is, uh, to let go of the uh, extra baggage that you know we've accumulated, it's it's good to kind of clear that uh, kind of folder out, uh, keep things fresh and new, and uh, keep moving and planting and being active. And and with the the releasing the old and bringing in the new again just a reminder that gemini sagittarius is all about the mind gemini is the logical or the lower mind the ego mind mm -hmm. and sagittarius is the upper mind the wisdom the 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 mental the spirit mind and um also i was just watching um report that was saying the last time we had the solar eclipse Sagittarius was winter 2001 going into 2002. So you can mm -hmm. also go back to that winter around this time in 2001. And it's not going to be a literal, literal replica, but at least to kind of see the theme because mm -hmm. Sagittarius is always going to be talking about a theme of expansion. Right. Especially with learning new things that are more spiritual or philosophical in nature. Yeah. And how that jives with what we notice sensorily, which would be kind of the Gemini 
aspect of things too. So that tension between those impulses of... Yeah, the tension between what your senses tell you and what your logic tells you and then what your soul and your spirit tell you. Mm-hmm. And, and even when we say what it tells you, I mean, a lot of it is about reaching out, like taking that class, that course, getting an astrology reading, a tarot reading, going into therapy, signing up for a workshop, reading a new book. It's very much about extending outward in order to expand your mind and in order to grow your soul. Yeah. Yeah. And, and along those lines, like Michelle was saying, like uh, the, what's extremely helpful about astrology is getting in the flow of the cycles. It's not just about the analyzing and knowing all of the rote things about these signs, but seeing like when these things happen, what's going on in my life? Uh, how is this, uh, how is this helpful? So noticing like the last time I had, uh, you know, the uh, eclipses in Sagittarius, oh, Personally, I was going through grad school uh, for the first time. And so a very Sagittarian kind of thing. Very Sag. Uh, and having to learn how to, uh, how my logic has to get scrutinized and work within these kind of larger theoretical and uh, uh, structural thought frameworks and that, you know, that was a difficult kind of learning period. And so now I'm kind of back, uh, you know, and thinking about it on, on a different level. I'm not in school anymore, but I'm thinking about, uh, you know, uh, for instance, like, how, how do I deal with uh, friends that uh, have, you know, are, are trying to convince me with like conspiracy theories on various topics and, uh, or, uh, you know, trying to convince me about the economy or politics. And I, right. I'm what's your to... belief? What's your beliefs around yeah. the higher, uh, or I don't want to say the higher story, but the larger narrative as opposed to other people's beliefs. Because the Gemini, you're right, because the Gemini part is like all of our chirping beliefs, blah, 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 it's this, it's that, this is the truth, that's the truth. It's everyone it's changeable. chirping. Very and it's changeable. changeable. And then Sagittarius is like, what's the higher wisdom in all of that? You know, which makes me think when you share that about everyone's different beliefs and searching for your own or you know, that the like Sagittarius in its higher form isn't just a belief system. It might be a higher truth, like love is more important than belief systems. Right. And if I'm not coming from, like, I think for myself, I think if I'm not coming from a place of love, then I'm not coming from truth. So if I'm holding a certain belief system, like, about the world and it's in opposition to somebody else's belief system and again we're not talking about racism or prejudice or any of the hatred things just beliefs then if i'm like 
telling that person that thinks differently that they're stupid. I'm not coming from love and therefore I'm not coming from truth. Right. And, and there's a difference. Yeah, there's a difference between setting a boundary for like what you, you know, how far you'll go with talking with someone about a belief uh, and, you know, railroading their own, their belief. Like, you know, you need to be able to set your own boundary and know like, what do I believe and how can that. And before even getting the boundaries, which isn't Sagittarius, Sagittarius is like, what's your truth? Like, for instance, I might believe that COVID is not a conspiracy. And, but my higher, and my higher truth is that I want to respect and honor all people so that if somebody does believe that, I'm not making them feel stupid. Right. It's not even though stupid at all. And and I hate bringing in the COVID thing, actually, I just realized because it brings in a whole, again, boundaries and, the threat that we feel for our lives because of the pandemic is going into another area, which we're not going to, I'm just going to name it and let's get back, which would be more Plutonian right. Pluto. Yeah, we're, we're not here to, uh, to we're not argue. Talk this about isn't Pluto. a politics podcast per se. Well, no. And what I'm trying to, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, I, you, I'm using a bad example with, well, no, it's, it's not a bad example. It's, it's a real actually example. showing, yeah. let me, let me just get this out here. Cause I feel like I'm, I want to just clarify what I mean is that the part where our lives feel threatened because we're actually dealing with the pandemic is under Pluto's domain. Mm-hmm. So we're not and Pluto's getting very aspected now too, but we're not going to talk about that right in this moment in the Sagittarius moment, there's a, what I really want to share is the discernment and differentiation between truth and belief. Mm -hmm. So I'm using myself as an example that I have these beliefs about the world, the pandemic, but that's, those aren't my truths, right? My truth for me personally, which is, this is the eclipse. What is your truth? Sagittarius solar eclipse. What is your truth? My truth is to always come from love. That's my truth. Mm-hmm. It may not be your truth, you know, so you got to find your own truth. That's my truth. So that's going to take priority. That's going to create the new narrative, the new, you know, maybe old me was wanted to hold on to the belief and argue it, or maybe the old me right. shadowed you know, in my shadow, I felt I was right. And then I'm acting on the surface. Like, I think all people are right, you know, but in this eclipse, it's like, okay, we're currently in a world right now where beliefs are playing a central theme. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of complexity to that and what it's creating for your own narrative in your own life and then in relationship with other people. And maybe last time in 2001, I mean, I remember I was starting to read tarot professionally into that right at the tail end, beginning of 2002. uh, And I was 
also entering a program to learn hypnotherapy and Reiki and um, NLP. So lots of expansion mm -hmm. in that Sagittarian way with tarot and all those. But now, and now we're like, we're in a whole new realm with this pandemic and the country and everything we're going through. It's a different, there's different yeah. priorities going on right now. Yeah, the, things are shifting and changing uh, and it's hard to know uh, what, uh, you know, what to believe in some, in a certain sense, like the, there are a lot of com conflicts that are arising because of that. And it's important right. to tap into the truth about wh what's important to you. Yeah. What the truth is what's important in your heart, in your soul. Cause there are, there are a lot of opposing beliefs that are life threatening level. Right. It's a whole different ball game when there's a global pandemic it's a whole different ball game when the government wants how much control the government's going to take with that and different people's feelings and thoughts around that. So different than 2001, although just remembering back to 9-11, um, yeah. it was right before the eclipse season. You know, so of course, these themes that we're dealing with in government and power again this is pluto's reign and it's been going for a very long time but just right now with the eclipses with this with the sagittarius solar eclipse coming up on monday it is an inquiry like what is my truth now mm -hmm. not what it was and you want to reflect what has it been and what is it now what's the higher truth versus just my beliefs right because that's the container. That's the new narrative. This, you know, if I, if I know my higher truth is love and I'm having a conversation with someone that has an opposing belief and I feel threatened by their opposing belief and I check in and I go, okay, love is my highest truth. I will communicate instead of communicating in a way that's condescending or mean, I might say, your belief, I feel threatened by your belief. My safety feels threatened. Mm -hmm. And I want to respect your belief and I feel threatened. Just that alone. Just that alone. No solution. Not trying to have total control, but just that's my truth. Yeah, acknowledging also what's kind of behind that and driving it and why it's important to you in particular, not just like why it's important writ large. Right. The personal importance, which is very Gemini. Gem and I, the truth in the, in the me. Yeah. It's like, this is important to me because, and not immediately jumping into it just being this global, you know, belief. And if you don't have it, that global belief, then, you know, F you or you're stupid or it's very challenging when just to bring in a little of the psychology is very challenging when our nervous systems are feeling so threatened because when the nervous system is triggered and we go into fight, flight or freeze, we don't have control over our narrative. We don't have right. 
a center to go, I'm going to choose my truth right now. It's just, it's like reactive. We're all a bunch of reacting, scared animals right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been one of those years. Uh, and, and not so just, yeah, not just astrologically speaking, and you don't even have to look at uh, any kind of theory or anything to know that uh, it's been a year to test everyone's kind of uh, a, a nervous system. Right. And I think Matt and I both, our intention is to want to ground astrology in the human experience and bring it to the heart and the body and the human experience and not, not have it where it can tend to go, just be this philosophical inquiry and analytical thing. We want it to be grounded in the human experience. And I think again, you know, Pluto has a lot to do with the nervous system, maybe even Mercury. I mean, like as soon as I feel into it, it kind of feels like Mercury is the nervous system and that our nervous systems have a life of their own. Mm -hmm. So, but this, this podcast isn't about that. So bringing it back to Sagittarius and creating that new narrative of discovering where is my truth now? Yeah. Uh, and, and taking a step back, uh, and just owning what is yours, um, yes, owning what is yours, and trying, and no one's perfect at it. Uh, I mean, I even this morning I felt like I got roped into a conversation, and I'm you know just trying to find a place where I can just back off and be like, hey, I you know, I'm not. I don't really have uh, an axe to grind here. This isn't that, like, here's how I'm feeling. Um, and I'm feeling a little bullied. Uh, and in that place, and, uh, you know, I'm coming out of that, and I don't necessarily want to squash or dismiss what you're saying, but I, you know, I do want to acknowledge that it's raising my own interior truth hackles. Yeah, just that part of of sharing how you feel. I mean, this is communication 101 and Gemini is all about communication. To always start out with I feel. I'm feeling bullied, I'm feeling threatened. You know, the what you are sharing as I'm listening, I notice how scared I feel. Mm -hmm. And that starting off from that place. Yeah, there were a couple of points where I was uh, texting back and forth and I just wanted to be like, hey, I grew up in a very fundamentalist religious home where I didn't get to allowed to have any say in like what the truth is for me uh, and where I come from. And I, my opinion got railroaded a lot of the time. Uh, and so I don't really appreciate <laughs> or yeah. it, it, I'm not going to respond very well uh, to that kind of discussion. The railroading discussion, which is the shadow side of Sagittarius, the, where it's dogmatic, 
I'm right, you're wrong, and it's just pure dogma. And so many people grew up in very fundamentalist homes and didn't get the opportunities, little kids, to say, this is what I'm curious about. You were just mm -hmm. told what the truth is, and that's it. You weren't taught, like Gemini. Gemini is like, let your brain discover, be curious. Like Gemini key, key phrases would be, I'm curious, I'm open. Mm -hmm. I desire to explore ideas. Yeah, and I feel like for me, like I, it took me a long time to uh, own that uh, Geminian kind of space where it's like the, my own intuition, my own senses, what, I was told what my senses were tell, supposed to be telling me, yeah. but I, uh, I, I didn't always get a chance to trust those, uh, those senses. Right, because if you're not attuned to as a kid, if, if your parentals or your caretakers or caretaker aren't saying to you, what do you think? What are you curious mm -hmm. about? If you're just told what's true, like this is the way it is, then you do grow up with your ego, your conscious self, not feeling secure to think for yourself, not feeling secure in your own intuition. And most of us, I would say that's most people. Mm -hmm. Most people, whether you grow up fundamentalist or some sort of ri uh, rigid fixed, kind of structure in the home life where it's like this is what it is you know this is what this is the truth this is what's real this is life get used to it there there's a very rigid fixed salty attitude because of the toxic patriarchy <laughs> you know throughout history yeah. so just finding your own truth your own gemini um, and truth Sagittarius that's a difficult journey yeah it's not easy yeah and so like to bring that into the astrology in a kind of personal sense that for me like when I think of my Mercury and Sagittarius that's very much like what comes up for me uh, is that pattern of uh, being put in these situations where I'm being told that uh, my uh, intuition, my senses are wrong uh, and that I need to get it right and get in line with everybody else. Um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting to think about where your mercury is in your natal chart. Your communication can also be how you were communicated with, not just your way of communicating Right. So like if you have us, I have that Mercury and Sagittarius as well, we can look at that. Like if you have Mercury and Sagittarius, you do speak in truths and philosophies mm -hmm. as Matt and I both, that is what we do all the time. And also how maybe growing up, how maybe you were receiving Sagittarian like you growing up in the fundamentalist environment, the, right. the shadow of Sagittarius, the dogmatic. Which then like, well, 
almost a, around that time that we had those eclipses in Sagittarius, uh, I started delving into poetry uh, and particularly like poetry that's off the beaten path a little bit, a little more outside the mainstream uh, that gets down to kind of channeling what the intuition and the senses are, uh, are, are receiving in a moment, uh, very spontaneous uh, composition kind of stuff. Uh, and I, you know, I spent, and I still practice it. I've, so I've been at that for the last uh, 20 years. So I mean, it totally feels like the Gemini lunar eclipse part of 2001 and reclaiming your own way to communicate your own style and you know that as i know you to be the poet is like your soul like it's your soul self is the poet in you mm -hmm. um and reclaiming that and it's interesting as you share this i'm thinking back as well to 2001 for me and when that was when i first started reading tarot professionally for the first time and that was in a way a reclaiming for me because it was just allowing myself to communicate my own intuition at the Vajra, you know, with whoever sat with me and like just allowing myself to be the Gemini communicating the Sagittarius. And for me, it was also a breakaway from, I mean, I eventually did return to academia and get my master's and I'm doing therapy, but I'm doing it from the place of the priestess. I'm doing it from the place I've reclaimed it. Right. I'm bridging in tarot and astrology. And that, when I think back to that winter, 2001 into 2002, that was actually a very key, because these eclipses are initiations. They're big, long initiations. And that was right. an initiation into professional reading. Mm-hmm. And then I was learning all that other stuff too, but I think it was like, that was reclaiming my sense of authority as a divine feminine mouthpiece. Yeah. So just like the poet, you know, the poet, the healer, the tarot reader. So that that's been our stories. And, and even if your story is, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be, you know, spiritual and creative, it can look like anything it can. Right. Yeah. I mean, when we're talking archetypes, like it's very important. And this is why, like uh, with astrology, the important part about the getting a reading, for instance, is not for the person to kind of tell you your fortune, although, you know, that can happen. Uh, but it's that conversation that you have where you're able to talk out uh, and talk through what these archetypes and how they particularly manifested in your own life. Um, because then knowing the timing cycles and everything gives you a sense of agency, uh, a sense of understanding and assuredness and a little bit of security about being able to take the next step being able but, to do something yeah to to like go further with that working with the archetypal energy what is an archetype and an archetype is transpersonal meaning mm -hmm. bigger than the self beyond the self and just like 
mother earth or earth father earth however you refer to earth um is a larger body that we belong to and then the milky right. way is a larger body so these archetypes are invisible they're not planetary well they are i mean when we're talking about mercury they're planetary bodies but when we're talking about the archetype of mercury or gemini right. or sag we're not talking about the planetary body just like we have souls and our souls are invisible and we have bodies and the body is not the part that's on the soul journey it's on it's its own it's its own consciousness so an archetype when we're saying the archetype of sagittarius this is a beyond the self a transpersonal sentient conscious of itself energy that we belong to like we all belong to them they're the collective right. They're, they are collective energies, sentient energies we all belong to, that we all inherit just by being born. And so when you like reconnect with them consciously, you're always connected to them. We're always mm -hmm. connected to the invisible realms and the transpersonal energies when you consciously connect, which astrology is one way to do that. It's one map, then you it's like you're supported then right. you suddenly have the support of these energies and they help you and they come through us and help us and that's really what astrology is they're not ideas it's not like sagittarius gemini mercury and all this are ideas they're living entities living deities living forces of nature forces of spirit that make up the network of being alive. Right. And we recognize them by seeing the patterns and how they play out in our own lives. Right. Um, and astrology just gives us a language within which to uh, talk about it. Yeah, astrology gives us a language and a map. Mm -hmm. And it's very mysterious. It's like, the moment you come out of the womb, that first breath you take is your natal chart, is your birth chart in astrology. So it's, it's you know, when you understand that what we're talking about here in this belief structure, Sagittarius, mm -hmm. what we're communicating here, Gemini, is that no nobody, no, nothing is separate. Just because we're in a separate body that appears separate with a name doesn't mean we're separate. We are connected. All, everything mm -hmm. is connected. And in the invisible worlds, it's way more connected. Like if you like, if you could see the invisible realms, you'd see that we're like my conscious me talking right now is connected to the entire network of the universe. This is how it is. This is nature. So right. it's really connecting to that. And then astrology, yeah, it's a language. It's like, okay, we are naming the unnameable. I mean, Mercury doesn't really have a name, but we're naming it. Right. It's just like an energy. So when you, and when you're talking about a place to feel secure, like when you get your chart read and you start to understand yourself through the natal chart, that sense of security, it's a container. It's like you're allowing yourself 
to reconnect with this larger transpersonal container. And yeah. then you can consciously work with the archetypes. Yeah, it's a way of uh, bringing the mental part of the mind uh, into contact with the, the spiritual uh, drive behind it that energizes it. Right, uh, connecting the mind to the spirit. Yeah, so it's an active kind of inquiry, so to speak, to to kind of put some form around it, uh, to give it a shape. Um, and that's why it's important for you to be able to do it, uh, kind of work through it on your own a little, uh, with the with the guide of you know a good astrologer would help you to be able to do that uh, and to talk through it. Yeah, exactly. The astrologer, just like the tarot reader, just like the therapist, any verbal healer, any healer using communication is is a guide. Yeah, books too. That's kind of what you're doing when you're reading a book. You're taking a guide through giving shape to the world uh, and the universe and understanding it, even when it's like a fictional story. It's still like playing with the archetypes. That's why it's easiest probably to even see like the idea of an archetype in like uh, these stories and movies that repeat themselves over and over again. Yeah, you see the archetypes and the patterns. They come alive. And like when we're looking, sometimes tarot is easy to under, easier to understand than astrology at first because it's not connected to planetary bodies at all. You know, when you're looking right. at like, the archetype of the empress in the tarot is like the desire every single person has to create life that desire whether that be creating a child a work of art a garden whatever desire to create that is the empress moving through you moving through us it's a transpersonal collective sentient energy that has a life of its own the empress is going to create life whether you're here or not, but it needs you to create life through you because it's invisible, you know? Right. So it's that, that's how it is in astrology too. There's this sentient Sagittarius energy and it, and it's the energy of, it's the, of truth seeking, of giving a narrative to truth, not just letting it be something un known to the mind but bringing it to light in the mind mm -hmm. it's the truth seeker archetype so when it comes as the solar eclipse you know and anytime we're dealing with the moon when we're dealing with eclipses we're dealing with the moon and when, whenever we're dealing with the moon we're dealing with the soul the subconscious the mother mm -hmm. the inner child we're dealing with our emotions our soul's journey through the lifetimes. Yeah. So, you know, you bring in Sagittarius, the truth seeking energy to the soul. What is the truth of my soul? Mm -hmm. And, and how is that truth different than my emotional reactivity? Right. Yeah. Cause the, yeah, the moon being often the emotional body itself, um, the instinctive. The instinctive. Uh, yeah. And, and the instinct and the soul, you know, and again, it's like, everyone's going to define this differently, you know, but the soul and the instinct are, 
either the same or connected. You know, if you don't believe in the soul, you're going to just say the instinct. Right. Well, there's a, yeah, what we're talking about is the very fine line difference between uh, just pure biological instinct uh, or the physiological nerves that do things uh, based on the DNA, uh, but also the intuition, which is also kind of shaped by those uh, same kind of spiritual patterns, uh, your connection to the collective uh, the unconscious. Yeah, the soul. The, the um, invisible aspect of the self that travels through lifetimes, that leaves the body when the body dies and is reborn, either back into the body, into another life form on another planet or dimension, you know, whatever, whatever it's doing, the soul is the eternal part of self that carries on. Right. You know, and that's a belief. For some, it's a truth. For me, it's a truth. And if somebody says to me, I don't believe in that, that's not my truth. I can say, okay, well, I don't need to convince you because right. my highest truth is love. Yeah, there's that recognition that uh, uh, in particular, when we talk about, you know, beliefs in uh on in the spiritual realm of life um that you know there is a necessity for someone to have an experience of it in order to like there's not going to be a belief if there if there hasn't been an active experience of that although i think i actually disagree because i i think a lot of people believe in spiritual concepts without having a felt sense right well there is a cultural um passing on of spiritual beliefs and also i I grew up in a spiritual community i mean i didn't necessarily have a direct personal experience of it per se until later but yeah i mean that i think that you can have it culturally handed down to you through your parents or culture I think you can also hold on to a spiritual belief to make your mind feel better. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of the atheist types might think that's what all spiritual belief is, like that's the end point to it. Um, and then you can have the felt experience. And I had a felt experience when I was little, like five years old, yeah. where all of a sudden, this sentence popped into my head that said, I am me. I've always been me. I will always be me. I may not remember who me was, and I may not know who me is going to be, but I'll always know it's me. That was exactly how the sentence came in. And it's always been a tattoo in my brain. And with that sentence, when I was just a little girl, I felt my soul. And from that moment on, it was always strong in me as this strong felt experience of soul. And for my path, my life, that's, I've always had these strong felt experiences of past lives, future lives, uh, what happens when you die. I mean, all of this stuff is in my memory. It's my felt experience, you know, and that's my truth. And it, and, but, And if I'm talking to someone who has an atheist belief system and has never had a felt experience of the soul 
or an afterlife or any of these spiritual things, you know, then it's up to me to go, well, you're wrong or you're just a young soul. (laughs) Or I could say, you have a different experience of being human than I do. Mm-hmm. And Gemini, the Gemini part allows, can't the two exist together? Like, why do we have to make it all one belief, right? It's like, can't we just mm-hmm. be like, that's cool. You know, you can not have an right. experience of soul and I can have an experience of soul and both get to exist in this world. Right. And there's a there's a, t- a way of thinking about it that it's uh, that we all have these experiences and the way that we shape them with words or thought systems uh, can vary. Uh, that the truth behind it is something maybe beyond language. And yeah. so when we have a conflict or disagreement, um, we're having a disagreement about language and not necessarily about dismissing each other's truths. Uh, Yeah. It's almost as if the dismissing each other's truths is something other than truth itself. It's another part of us, our, our more animal reactive self, our more, you know, or egoic self, something different that is the need inside to dismiss an opposite or different languaged version of what life is (laughs) on a spiritual level. Right. Uh, When the higher truth, like you're saying, Matt, it's beyond language. It's beyond, you can't stuff it into language. Like language is way too small for it. And it's also alive. So it's always shifting and changing so much larger and just to stay really humble and grounded in the understanding that you know we're in a human form with five senses and a certain kind of brain that limits our capacity to metabolize life itself to a very specific thing it's like i can only i can only metabolize life as a human being with five senses and a brain and a soul that's the best I can do, you know? So not, you know, it's like, kind of like, we can't really, if you're going to say this is the absolute truth, that's pretty arrogant and pompous. Now I will say it, (laughs) you know, but I say it with a conviction and a laugh. Like, I feel like I do know what happens when I die. I have memories, I have experiences Mm -hmm. of it, but I don't need to make other people see it my way and I can laugh and chuck it all to the sky, you know, which, which I think, you know, just getting really meta right now, I think our agenda, both you and I with the Sagittarius Mercury is the freedom is wanting to restore freedom. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. the highest truth is you get to believe whatever you want and you get to experience life however you experience life and nobody can take that away from you right we both you and i have a strong desire to promote that that sense of truth yeah and i you know i and while i have a desire to see 
other people have that type of experience, um, there's no use forcing anyone to try to have it. Right. Uh, you can't force somebody to be to allow everyone the freedom to believe what they want to believe or see truth how they want to see truth. There are, you know, there's going to be people that say my truth is the only truth. Jesus is the only God. There is no God. If you think there's a God, you're wrong. There are going to be those people too. Mm -hmm. And again, that goes back to the Gemini archetype, which is like, it all exists. Mm -hmm. Shitty and great, mean and kind. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's the thing uh, about um, that I like about astrology is that um, the chart is a wheel and it has everything in it. So, you know, I know people will talk about how, you know, I'm a Sagittarius or I, I have a moon in Aquarius or whatnot. Uh, but, you know, we all those archetypes are there. So they're all there in our own experience. Yeah. Uh, we so, do. yeah. So though, you know, what people bring to you is what they bring to you. So trust what they say. You don't have to convince them to be. Well, you, you're, well, getting I mean, caught, you're getting caught in it. Like convincing is on the wheel too. Yeah. So I think our conversation is such a great example of Gemini Sagittarius energies going back and forth because our Sag keeps coming through our conversation, the Sagittarius energy of, again, wanting to bring freedom. Don't try to convince people you get to have your truth. We are very much promoting a specific truth there of yeah. freedom. And then when it goes back to the Gemini part, it's like, and there's going to be people who will always try to convince you of their truth. Convincing right. is on that wheel too. There is the, you know, it's all things. That's, you know, in the wheel of astrology, we are all the signs, we are all the planets, we are all the things. And it's kind of like the fingerprint, the unique fingerprint. We each have a unique combination of those things. Matt and I, just to keep it really specific with the fingerprint of Mercury Sagittarius are always going to have an unconscious compulsion to bring freedom. So our, so in our conversation, mm -hmm. you'll hear it over and over. You'll hear us. Don't try to convince all truths are valid. You know, that's because we have Mercury Sag. So we both are really, we Sagittarius is all about freedom. Mm -hmm. And, and so we're always, that's where we're always coming from. Now, somebody who has, um, a Mercury and Capricorn, Capricorn is kind of like the structure of earth, you know, mm -hmm. might not be talking about the freedom to believe whatever you want, might be in this same conversation saying, you know, there's a hierarchy, there's a structure in nature, and that's just the way it is. And, you know, look at Darwin and look at, you know, and bringing up all these examples that are earthy and limiting and structured. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, thinking about that particular archetype that Mercury and Capricorn would be like um, feeling um, that organic uh, need to build up, kind of 
policy and structure and rules from the ground up. And communicating from a place of structure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and we're tangenting a little, we should bring it back to the eclipses. Um, you, you know, I think Matt and I in our conversation are really exemplifying Sagittarius Gemini energy. So you, it's like, that's kind of, you know, the thing right now is like asking yourself, like, what is my truth? Mm -hmm. What am I compelled to share with other people all the time? That, right. Because the truth will come through whether you're aware of it or not. Like, oh, I'm noticing that Matt and I keep talking about freedom. We're not explicitly saying freedom, 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 but we're constantly right. saying things like everyone should believe what they want to believe and don't try to convince. You can see a constant desire right. in freedom us. Freedom and diversity. Freedom and diversity. Gemini is diversity. Sagittarius is freedom. Yeah. yeah. So, and the way you can bring that into your own life is thinking about what's your truth, what makes you feel the most free or the most connected to truth and how can you diversify, right? Like, mm -hmm. are you rigidly holding on to just one idea or can you be open to lots of ideas? Are you only looking at life or yourself or whatever it is through one lens? Or can you look through a few different lenses and stay open and stay curious? Yeah. Kind of comes down to that. Yeah. Staying curious and flexible, I think, is the, uh, the other. And both Sagittarius and Gemini don't do well with rigidity. Um, Except... Except Sag and its shadow, which is pure rigidity. Well, I, well, Gemini will do that too because it's just yeah, like, Gemini it has to be the senses. It has to be that's that kind of hardcore um, science. Yeah, yeah um, Gemini, right? The Gemini shadow would be science only. There's if it, if you can't detect it with the five senses, it doesn't exist. It doesn't that's exist. the Gemini shadow. Yeah, totally. And neither of those do well with rigidity. They lead to like awful places for. Uh, like very lonely places, I would say, for yeah. people because you kind of get stuck in a, in a place where you're separated from everybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, to kind of bring us around to what's happening after the eclipse, that's kind of what we might think about with the archetype of Aquarius. Um, yeah, that's the other thing we wanted to talk about was the big event that's of uh, Jupiter and Saturn lining up at zero degrees Aquarius. Yeah, kicking off 200 years of these types of conjunctions in air signs. We've been in earth signs uh, with, an, with the exception years. of the 1981 conjunction, which was in Libra. Uh, but we've had, we, we've had since 1802 conjunctions in uh, these conjunctions in earth signs. So, uh, you know, Jupiter and Saturn you're talking about. Yeah. The Jupiter Saturn conjunctions. Yeah. That, so we should bring this, we should bring this down the ground, talk about what Jupiter is, what Saturn is and what a conjunction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, and, you know, and then thinking about what air is in terms of the elemental the elements. property, uh, because that's, you know, that's a lot, that's a huge shift. Yeah. Um, it's a huge shift. Yeah. So Saturn and Jupiter. So Saturn is the archetype of it's like limitation mm -hmm. karma 
what contains you, like you're limited by your body, the karma of your soul in the body, what restricts you, what's really hard. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's about routine and discipline and method. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Saturn is the one that would demand proof for things, uh, you know, that you have to have these limitations, uh, boundaries set up uh, in order for things to come into being out of potentia. Yeah. And to bring that down to the ground, it's like thinking of a garden that if mm -hmm. you want to grow, let's say you want to grow vegetables to eat. If you don't corral those seeds into a soil and give it water and give it sunlight, you're not going to grow vegetables. You only are going to get the vegetables through containing it into a garden in the soil with a proper amount of water and sunlight. That's the restriction. That's the limitation. Limitation creates growth. When you give your body enough sleep and the right proper nutrients, you're healthy. If you don't, you're not healthy, mm -hmm. right? So these limitations provide growth. We have to have limitation and restriction in order for life to grow. It's the only way. Then you can look at it on a more philosophical, spiritual level by the body that is born and the body that dies. It's the limited time only life experience that allows us to be human. And that would also be the domain of Saturn. Like you don't get to live forever, you know, at, in right. your body. So like that, the limitation and then and then there's also the sense of limitation of what you're meant to overcome so it's two aspects right. of limitation the limitation that helps you grow and then the limitation that prevents you from mm -hmm. growing so if you have trouble doing what you say you're going to do right mm -hmm. that's a limitation that prevents you from growing so then Saturn asks you to face that. How can you start doing what you say you're going to do? What is it going to take? And it's really hard. It's really hard when it's like, oh, it's so hard for me. I procrastinate or, oh, it's so hard for me to, you know, stop eating sugar. Or, oh, it's so hard for me to mm -hmm. like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like those, that sense of limitation where we have to, where we're being asked by Saturn to face and overcome it. Right. And it's always in that realm when you, when you want to overcome it to grow, it's always needing to repeat it over and over and over this boring, <laughs> dull repetition that creates growth, just like right. the garden, right? You have to like be out there every day tending to it and then it grows same with the things you want to overcome in your own psyche right yeah and it's the same thing like for artists like you can have all everything flowing and potential in your mind uh but until you work with the limitations of material uh to bring it into being uh it just stays there in the mind uh for it to be outside of the mind it has to have some kind of constraint and form brought to it and you have to apply right. yourself to it right you have to put it onto canvas onto paper into the house you're going to build the garden you're going to create the diploma you're going to get yeah so 
that's the realm of Saturn. Saturn gets a bad rap. Everyone's like, oh, Saturn, you know, because it's hard and it's repetitive mm -hmm. and it's restrictive. And yet it's beautiful because Saturn allows for growth. It allows for the manifestation to actually yeah. happen. So that is Saturn. And then Jupiter is the polar opposite of that. Jupiter's like more for everyone, expansion, growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, and kind of along the lines we've been talking about, because Jupiter has an affinity with Sagittarius as an archetype. Jupiter yeah. is about dignity and truth. Um, but also, yeah, creativity and expansion and grow, 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 grow. Yeah, Jupiter rules Sagittarius. So mm -hmm. that means what is it? What's a simple way to say what rules means? Well, I mean, I think when uh, in the classical tradition, uh, all of the visible planets were given areas of, uh, given these archetypes as uh, being their part of their domain or what they, they're kind of like the experts or something in those areas, or that's kind of what they do, their specialization. Okay. And so, I, I don't know yeah. So when you're you're dealing with those things, like uh, it's helpful to know that you're kind of in that terrain. So when you're in, you're dealing with the Sagittarius archetype, that you're dealing with this kind of expansiveness. So the dogma gets to be a problem because it like really ropes in that expansiveness. It does not allow things to keep growing. It tries to constrict it off and keep it and in a very tight place. Right. The shadow of Sagittarius. I feel like we tangent. Let's, no, let's just keep going. Um, Cause I feel like there's no simple way to talk about rulership. It's something you just have to just go along with in the language, like Jupiter rules Sagittarius, just go along with yeah. it. It's hard to bring it down to the ground, but, um, but yeah, Jupiter expands whatever it touches. So if you're going into the shadow of Sagittarius and you're being dogmatic and fundamentalist, Jupiter is going to grow that. And then it's tyranny mm -hmm. and it's horrible. Well, and it creates a lot of pressure uh, to keep the tight reins on things. It's, it's, it become, begins to be like a pressure keg, which is kind of like, what Saturn and Jupiter kind of together are. Well, uh, or to bring it back to a, a physical process, it's like the process of birth, uh, the kind of contractions and the pushing of the, uh, the baby through, through the birth canal. Yeah, I feel uh, like we need to really ground this. What Matt is saying is that Jupiter which is expansion and it grows whatever it touches. It makes it grow. It makes it get bigger. And mm -hmm. Saturn is that restriction that creates growth. So Jupiter and Saturn together is one. There's our timer. Jupiter and we'll have to continue next week, but Jupiter and Saturn together is like birth because Saturn is the constriction of the baby going through the body. It's really tight and constricted, really difficult. And then you just push and you push and then it, it's like, boom, you're alive in the world. Mm -hmm. Jupiter expansion. Yeah. So and so we get that every 20 years. Jupiter's 
um, going to it, Jupiter and Saturn together means that if you apply yourself, if you guard in your garden, if you overcome your limitations, you're going to mm -hmm. expand that crazy. Mm -hmm. It's essentially the simple, but we should stop it there and then start yeah. getting into the next part. So we stick to it. Because in honor of Saturn, Matt and I have committed to stopping when the bell rings. Right. So we're going to honor that restriction so we don't drain you. from. Yeah, so we'll be back again on another Mercury's Hour uh, to probably talk about what all that means in terms of air signs and Aquarius in particular. Uh, yeah. So that we can think about uh, how to honor um uh, that particular event in the cycle and like what it means for you kind of personally. Yes. We'll go way into that conjunction next time. It's yeah. not happening till December 21st. So we've got, we'll be able to squeeze that one in birth that podcast before the event itself. Yeah. So and yeah. In, in the meantime, you know, feel free to drop us a line at priestess mercury, podcast at gmail.com or leave a comment in the YouTube or uh, on the website. And we'll see you next time.